story starts at the climax. What is up, everyone? This is Marcus Staples, your servant in Jesus Christ, coming to you with another edition of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. As any of our regular listeners know, we're currently going through a series where we are unpacking Shylin's album, The Atonement, put out by Lamp Mode Recordings. This week, we're going to continue with the track, Were You There? Now, if you didn't know, this track was inspired by a hymn of the title, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? If you're familiar with the hymn, it's obvious because the lyrics and the hook were taken directly from this song. And the song brings a lot of deep questions to mind. If you haven't heard it for yourself, there's a link in the episode description. You can find that accompanying the podcast or on our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com, where we post a description with the song lyrics, a link to listen to the song, and any other additional material or scripture that we use in each episode. So, back to the song. It fits right along with the theme of sin that we've seen in the first two songs that we covered from this album. So on to our verse of the day. It comes to us out of Isaiah chapter 53. We're just going to be reading verses 3 and 6. They say, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And Yahweh has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So, before we go on, I want you to do something for me. I want you, if you're not operating any heavy, deadly machinery right now, to go and pull up the lyrics for this song. And the reason is we're going to pretty much spend the entire time doing a literary analysis of the lyrics themselves. And that requires the text right in front of you to get the most out of. Again, you can find a link that has all the information, including the lyrics, and a link to the song if you haven't heard it, which I would recommend listening to before you continue with this episode, in the podcast feed or on our website. Listening to this episode should really help you appreciate the time and effort that went behind this song, because it really nails it. No pun intended with the whole cross thing. Anyways, I believe this so much so that if you're new to or unfamiliar with Christian hip-hop, this episode should give you a brand new appreciation for the genre. And since we're going to spend the entire time doing literary analysis, we're not going to spend as much time as we normally do with practical application. But that's okay, because the end of the song delivers us the words of John Stott through who I believe is Dr. John Piper, but you can correct me if I'm wrong on that one. But he really nails it, and I don't really need to spend any time doing that, because we're going to be playing that at the end of this episode anyway. So on to the song. The theme is obvious. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? That's the question that Shai is seeking to answer here. And he does this using two major literary devices, repetition and chiastic structure. Now, I might be stretching it a little bit by saying he employs chiasm here. And if you study literature or an English major and I'm using this term wrong, please correct me. But listen to my case before you do. Okay, so the literary theme of repetition. Why is repetition important? Why do people use repetition? Well, they use it to emphasize something. When you repeat something over and over again, like I just did, you're doing it to emphasize a point. When you say something twice, but you say it in a slightly different way, you could not only be using it to emphasize a point, but you can be using it to compare two things that are similar but not exactly the same and highlight the sameness between those two things. A couple of examples out of scripture would be whenever Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, when he's teaching, he's 
trying to emphasize that what he's about to say is not just a fact, but it's truly, truly a fact. Another example is used by the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. He says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. In that example, Paul was repeating himself to emphasize the importance of the fact. Again, emphasis, that's the key word here. Now, how does Shai do this in the song? We're going to look at three different ways. The first is, the first stanza of each verse is the same. Now, I'm defining stanza as if you break each verse down into four-line chunks, each four-line chunk I'm going to refer to from here on out as a stanza. So, the first stanza of each verse is the same. There is a slight variation in the last line of the second verse, but it's saying the same thing, just worded slightly different. I think Shai is doing this to set up in the audience's mind that each verse is together, connected. That each verse isn't telling you a different story or a different part of the same story, but is indeed telling you the exact same story, just doing it from a different angle. The second use of repetition is that the last stanza of each verse is virtually the same. The first two lines in all three verses are identical, and that ties them together. That puts Jesus and his fate at the forefront and puts the reason for why he's there right after. The last two lines, however, are identical in the first two verses, but it's different in the third. However, the wording in the third is quite similar to the wording in the first two. Again, this is to emphasize its importance and draw a parallel. We're going to talk about this in a bit more detail in our section on chiasm, but we have one more point on repetition, and that's the first and the third verse. Those two are exactly the same. They're not just similar, but exactly the same, with the exception of the last two lines. They give us an overview of Jesus' arrest, trial, and sentencing. Why Shai would choose this sameness, I could only guess, and that's exactly what you're hearing on this episode, is my theory of why he's doing this. But in short, it's to emphasize the same story of Christ, but from two different angles, which ties into our literary theme of chiasm, or chiastic structure. If you don't know what chiasm is, or specifically chiastic structure in storytelling, it's a method of telling a story where the climax or the most important or pivotal event is told in the middle of the story, and the events immediately before and immediately after directly correspond to each other. Then the events before that and after that correspond to each other. Now, if that was a little confusing, let me give you an example and hope that that will help you out a bit. Let's say we have a story that has five parts. We'll call parts 1, 2, and 3 A, B, and C, where part C is the most important event in the story. We'll say it's where our protagonist would go to an island, and on that island is where he discovers his destiny and gets transformed from our normal protagonist into our hero. That would happen at part C in the very middle of our story. Well, let's assume the event immediately before that we'll call part B. Part B is the protagonist's adventure across the sea getting to the island. And we'll say that event right after our protagonist becomes our hero on the island is his journey back across the sea, back to his homeland. We'll call the fourth event B modified. So we can see that events B, we see that events B and events B modified, which occur directly before and directly after our main event C, are directly related to each other because they're both about a journey across the sea. And we'll say that our first event 
was what drove our protagonist away from his family and across the sea in the first place. That's what happens at the very beginning of the story. In a chiastic structure, what happens at the very end of our story, which we'll call event A modified, would be our hero's return to free his homeland and be reunited with his family. Therefore, the first event in the story A and the last event in the story A modified directly parallel each other. Therefore, A reflects A modified, B reflects B modified, and C, right in the middle of the story, is our hero's most pivotal moment. The Bible often uses this technique when it tells stories, especially in the Old Testament. In the episode description, I've included a link that helps further explain not only chiastic structure, but how it's used in the Bible. This song employs that same structure, and we're going to take a look at that now. First is the layout of the track as a whole. The most important part of the track lies in the second of the three verses, and the most important part of the second verse lies between the first and last six lines. Remember that the first and last four lines of each verse tie all of the verses together, and they also act as bookends to the important information that's contained in between them. The second thing to note in the layout of the track is that the first and third verses are, as we mentioned, the same. To understand why that's important, you have to understand the theme of the track which we'll get to. So the whole song is a chiasm within a chiasm, sort of a chiasmception, if you would, with the middle of each verse holding the key to each verse, being bookended by repeated intro and outro stanzas, and then the middle verse being the key to the entire song, being bookended by repeating intro and outro verses. Let's dig a little bit more into the second verse. The middle portion of the second verse, as we already mentioned, is the pivotal point in the song. It is where Shai is drawing a direct parallel between the major players in Jesus' arrest, trial, and sentencing that we've seen spoken of generally in the first and third verses to our everyday sinful behavior. In this show, we like to hammer on the sin problem, and that's because a lot of Christian hip-hop hammers on the sin problem, and sin is a big problem. But not often do we talk about how our sin not only consequently, but directly puts Jesus on the cross, and that's what Shai is doing here. He names specific players in the story of the Passion, and he directly correlates them to our own sin. First, he says, we see disciples sleep and mock the day with a lot to say, but we do the same thing when we don't watch and pray. So when we don't keep our minds alert and keep in prayer, we're doing the same things as the disciples do when they fall asleep. In another example, he compares us to Judas. In the same way that we compromise our Christian beliefs for money or for pleasures that the Bible says we should not indulge in, we're doing the same thing that Judas is when he sold Christ out for money. Like the chief priest, we have our own agenda, and when God gets in the way of that agenda, we tend to push him out to the side and try to incriminate God and make him the problem, not us. Similar to Peter, if being associated with Jesus puts us in an awkward position, we tend to take the other road and deny Christ. Some of us, like Herod, we're interested in God, but when he doesn't entertain our felt needs or felt wants, we up and leave. Like Pilate, we'll see Christ and we see that he's good, but when everyone else around us is choosing the wicked path, we go along with them instead of Christ. Because for some reason, what they think of us is more important than what God thinks of us. The examples I just gave are the examples Shylin gives in the order in which he gives. And if you notice, the first and the third verse follow these examples without naming the specific characters in that same order. It's another form of repetition. 
And to understand why these lines are essential, we have to go back to the first and third verse and see how they relate. Now we're going to talk about the first and third verse as a whole. Now usually chiastic structure doesn't literally use a word-for-word -word interpretation. Shy does here, so work with me. Remember how we talked about how they bookend the theme of the entire song. They're the same with the only difference being the last two lines. They again tell of Jesus' arrest, trial, and sentencing. However, each time they're implicitly, not directly, but they imply that they're being told from a different perspective. And how do I know this? Well, the first time we're being told the story as observers, as if we're coming to hear this story for the first time. And I know this because the last two lines in the, each verse, remember they're different, when we look at them, tell us this. In the first verse, the last two lines are, the way they treat the Lord of glory is debased and it's foul, but you miss the point if you don't see your face in the crowd. Notice that the pronoun in the first line is in the third person plural, they. The last line is being delivered as if from the speaker directly to an audience it's, and uses the second person pronoun, you. The third verse, however, is different and it's meant for you to see yourself in the story. In the second verse, remember, Shy is directly comparing us to players in the Passion so we can see that their sins is the exact same sins that we commit today. With that information in hand, we're going to be told the story that was told in the first verse again. However, this time we have that picture in our minds. Again, the last two lines of the verse emphasize that. They are, the way we treat the Lord of glory is debased and it's foul, ashamed I bow because I see my face in the crowd. The first line, the pronoun was switched from the third person plural they to the first person plural we. And the last line goes from the speaker telling the audience what they should do to the speaker recognizing his own sin in the first person. All the evidence is laid out, and when it's laid out, you can't help but see yourself as putting Christ on the cross and understand that you were there when the Lord was crucified. And that's it. That's our literary analysis of the song. Shai took a lot of care to put deep meaning into it. And I hope this gives you a new appreciation, not just for him, but for the Christian hip-hop as a whole and as a genre, and the power that it has to teach and convict and communicate. And if you're new to the genre, I hope that you can go check out more and start by checking out this episode description by visiting our website, unpackingtheology.wordpress.com, or checking out the podcast feed and picking up the album, The Atonement. If you have any questions or comments, head on over to our Facebook page. You can find that at facebook.com forward slash unpacking the theology, where you can discuss, comment, or recommend songs for future episodes. And as always, we hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you, and God bless. Sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord, the old Negro spiritual act? And we must answer yes. We were there. Not as spectators only, but as participants, guilty participants, plotting, scheming, betraying, bargaining, and handing him over to be crucified. We may try to wash our hands of responsibility like Pilate, but our attempt will be futile. Before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, leading us to faith and worship, we have to see it as something done by us leading us to repentance. Only the man or woman who is prepared to own his share in the guilt of the cross may claim his share in its grace.